Hi, I'm Ava Zielinski, and welcome to my podcast for summer reading. This book I will be reading over the summer is The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. During this episode, we will be looking at chapters 1, 2, and 3. And we will be talking about what happened before Panem was made, the setting of the story, the plot, and more. Before the timeline of this book, North America was destroyed by droughts, fires, and storms, and seas swallowed the lands. Then a war came that ended everything. Out of the ashes of North America, Panem came up along with its 13 districts, and it was said that they were going to bring peace and prosperity to everyone who lived there. One day, the 13 districts decided to rebel against the capital, Panem. Panem defeated 12 of the 13 districts and destroyed District 13. This left Panem with 12 districts that were defenseless. After the retaliation, the Treaty of Treason was made, and it gave new laws that guaranteed peace, and it also gave a reminder that the Dark Days must never be repeated. This gave them the yearly Hunger Games. The book starts out the morning of this day in District 12. Katniss Everdeen goes beyond the turned-off electric fence to go hunting with her friend Gail. Both Katniss and Gail mention that the odds are not in their favor for playing in the Hunger Games. This is because of their age and how much tesserae they have. Katniss's name will be in the reaping 20 times, and Gail's name will be in 42 times. One boy and one girl's name will be chosen from a bowl in each district. If your name has been pulled, you will fight to the death in harsh conditions to be declared the winner. The last person standing wins, and that district gains rewards. This day reminds the citizens of each district how totally defenseless they are and how they have a little chance of surviving another rebellion. The capital is making these citizens sacrifice their own kids, and if they refuse, they will all die. The control that this government has over their citizens shows just how corrupt this capital is. When Panem was made, they said that they would bring peace and prosperity to the citizens. But the only reason that there's peace is because the people who stood up against them were killed, and the others were too scared to speak up and say anything. And the only people with prosperity are the peacekeepers or the people in the government. The seams are generally poor and can't afford much. And unless they break the law to go out behind the fence and hunt, they don't have much food because the peacekeepers have to give it to them. This shows how much control the people on top have over the citizens of these districts. I feel that the electric fence is not to keep the animals out, as the people say, but it is to keep the citizens in. This shows how much the people can convince or brainwash their citizens, and the ones who don't agree with this cannot retaliate for fear of dying. I think they are keeping the people in because they want to have control over everyone and they want to be able to keep tabs on people and know where they are at all times. And they don't want people leaving or putting up a fight. From the beginning of the book, 
Katniss is shown as loyal and independent. She could get the food she needs and will be able to live on her own and leave District 12 if it wasn't for her loyalty to her family and to the people around her. Katniss is willing to do anything for her family and she will stay by their side no matter what. This is why when her sister Primrose's name is pulled from the ball, she volunteers to take her place because she doesn't want anything to happen to her family and she is willing to put her life on the line in order to save her sisters. The boy's name that was called was Peta Mellark. Katniss does not like this because she feels she owes so much to Peta and has so much gratitude towards him that she does not want to have to end up killing him. After Katniss's dad was killed in the mines, her family was left poor and starving. Just as she thought she was not going to be able to bring back food for her family that night, Katniss ran into Peta Mellark. As Katniss was searching through the bakery's trash, Peta's mom came over and stopped her. She was tired of people from the seam always going through her trash. Peta was standing behind her, listening to the whole conversation. And once they went back inside, he purposely burnt some bread so that he could take it to Katniss. He came out with a mark on his face, obviously from being hit by his mother for burning the bread. He came pretending to feed the burnt bread to the pigs, but then he threw the loaves to Katniss's feet and took off. Katniss then put them up under her skirt and took them home. Because of that kind gesture, Katniss was able to figure out a way to get food for her family by hunting, and she owes all of that to him. Peter Mellark is portrayed so far as a person who is willing to put their own safety on the line just to help someone they don't even know. And that shows how much selflessness he has. Once the Treaty of Treason has been read and the anthem ends, Katniss and Peta are taken to the Justice Building. They are each led to their own private room so that they can wait for their loved ones to come and say goodbye. After saying goodbye to her family and getting the cookies from Peta's dad, her friend Madge comes in. She takes off the pin she had in her dress and requests that Katniss wears it in the arena as the one thing she can bring to remind her of home. Katniss agrees and puts it on. Once Madge leaves, Gail comes in to say goodbye. Katniss shares her fears and worries with him, and he helps her gain courage. Shortly after she says goodbye to everyone, Katniss and Peta head to the train. Inside, they each get their own chambers, private bathroom, and many other luxuries. After changing, Katniss goes to put on the pin Madge gave her and notices that it's a Mockingjay. Mockingjays were a mix of mockingbirds and jabberjays. During the rebellion, the capital made new species of animals called mutations. These animals were genetically altered and were used as weapons against the districts. One very known mutation was a bird called the Jabberjay, and it was able to memorize and repeat human interactions and words. This bird was used to spy on the districts until they found out and started telling the birds lies. So eventually they stopped using the birds altogether and abandoned them to let them die. But they didn't die. Instead, they mated with mockingbirds and created a new species called mockingjays, which were unable to communicate human words, but could mimic human vocal sounds and recreate songs. These birds are somewhat of a mocking symbol of the capital, but they mean much more to Katniss. 
Her father loved Mockingjays, and whenever she went hunting with him, he would whistle or sing a song to them, and they would repeat it back. Because of this, the pin brought her comfort and made her feel like her father was there protecting her and watching over her. Within these three chapters, this book shows how corrupt this government is and how much Katniss loves her family and everyone around her and how much she would stand by them. In my opinion, this book has shown two symbols so far that mean so much to Katniss, the dandelion and the mockingjay pin. To me, that dandelion represents freedom and a new start. That dandelion was the first dandelion of the year, so it showed her that it was the start of a new season. It also reminded her of the time she spent in the woods with her dad, hunting, and it reminded her of the freedom she had there. The dandelion helped her realize that it wasn't over and that she could find a way to get through everything. The Mockingjay pin can either symbolize the district's defiance and rebellion against the capital, or it could also symbolize the capital's failure. That is the end of my first episode about The Hunger Games for my summer reading.